On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about television ratings and sports. We are breaking down <laughs> the NFL's ratings on week one and the NBA playoff ratings. We're going to spend a whole show just talking nothing but ratings and does do the issues of the day affect the ratings, Tate? Is it the Nike stock? Is that affected? I'm kidding. We're not talking about that. I'm not, I, I, I will say this. Uh, I have no vested interest in ratings, but I do find it fascinating that when I hear that the ratings are good, I feel better about watching what I yeah. watch. I, was, I, I feel like we all were together. So that's Yeah, good first week of NFL, uh, I've seen already today, we're, uh, we're recording this a day early. I, those of you that listen every day, you're, you know we always record them on Mondays and Thursdays. But uh, So it's, my, we're, it's Monday. I, I woke up this morning. I'm reading everything uh, about the ratings and it just it's hilarious it depends on who you're reading as to whether like the ratings were through the root because you know here at fox the fox ratings for the the brady through the roof. game America's through the game. roof plus two percent titus That's and tate best ratings in four years the yes. first ever opening game in the titus and tate era at fox solid record and i don't know i don't know if it's us or not and then meanwhile other people are like ratings are down in the nfl ratings are down in nba ratings are down in everything it feels like there might be something going on in the world that's like keeping people away from just <laughs> sitting on their there might be really sh- uh anyway screw all that we're not talking about it uh what we are talking about is the nfl take you're excited about this mm-hmm. you're a football guy uh, who, you, you used to have a football podcast and you yes. text me today and you're like, I'm going through withdrawal. I need to talk football with somebody. And well, I'm here I'll, for you. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I used to host a show, GM Street. And as I was watching football yesterday, I was back in GM Street mode. I'm watching all the games. I'm taking notes. And all I saw was so many great storylines. And your Indianapolis Colts were the first team that really drew me out. And when, I saw, Phil, when, I, when I saw Phil Rivers, uh, I was back. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk about football. And I feel like it's, it's the biggest story, right? We're all back watching football. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, think, I think the fact that the Clippers and Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets beat the Clippers, come back for the second game in a row down by a lot and come back to beat the – 19 uh, points the game before, 17 points. Yeah. No one really cared because football was on. <laughs> I think that just kind of – I didn't know up. until, you know, yeah, like know. they were in the second half. So that's I watched we that entire game, but I like I, – I, it was it was fascinating how uh, there was just – no one really cared until they, they looked up the score at the end. They're like, wait, what? The Clippers blew that? What happened? But we're going to talk playoffs a little bit because I, I – that, that's what we do. We're basketball guys. I want to I talk about like uh, – I want to talk about the Rockets. Everyone's throwing dirt on their grave for good. They're saying this is it. This is the, shoot James Harden into the sun. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, so we're going to th- <laughs> we're going to talk about all that. NBA, NFL, college football's back. Uh, and also Wednesday's the big day in college basketball. We're getting excited. Fingers crossed. South all Dakota. That, all that and more, but first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Out of Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, I'm excited for this. We're, we're doing our NFL breakdown of football. Is, back. Is, is this what you have to do, by the way, when you have a football podcast, when you talk football on your podcast, when week one starts, do you just have to say football is back like mm. for the first 10 minutes? I feel like that's, that's the move. You're just like, football, it's back. It's back. It's back. You just say it over and over, and then everyone's like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. The enthusiasm it? exudes. Yeah, like you said, you have to do two things. You, as a producer, you have to come up with some sort of music montage to lead in where you play some <laughs> clips and you get people hyped up. And, you know, I mean, th- this is what we saw for years, you know. I mean, with Chris Berman, this is how he got people fired up with the two minutes, and he plays the music, and everyone's, you know, rallied up for NFL football. But we have to just basically say it because it doesn't feel real this time around, I feel like. It's even more so this time where people are yeah. like, the NFL is back. Also, we got no preseason. 
and we're watching real live football and it counts. And if you're a guy like Randy Bullock, the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, who is one of the best preseason kickers of all time, of all time, when you don't have the preseason, things go awry. And uh, we'll get to all that. But yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I just felt like uh, the enthusiasm. Uh, it, it happens every year, but I think you, you hit a, you hit the nail on the head. This year, uh, it's it's more defensible that people would just like. But it really does feel like if you did a football podcast, you could just make your entire show on Monday morning after week one. You just say football is back for an hour straight, and your numbers would be through the roof. People would be like, hell yeah, man. Hell like, yeah. That's a good sports podcast. Those Love guys it. are just positive. They, they just don't talk, talk about, about the game. Yeah, they don't talk about the issues. They talk about the game, and that's what we <laughs> love about them. <laughs> they just get in there and talk about it. <laughs> do I have to do a Lombardi impression? Would that make you feel better? Would that make you feel more comfortable if I was Lombardi? I was thinking about that because you, you, you're, you're so excited, Tate, to talk about the NFL that I felt like – I used to. Do I think it, there's a I, one and only Lombardi, and doing an impression I won't know. even do it justice because uh, he's so fired up on the Rams. He called this Rams <laughs> game like weeks ago, and I don't know who gave him the intel on it. I don't even know how these things work, but he texted me about two weeks ago and says Rams over Cowboys week one. Take it in America. They were killing him, Mark Titus, before this this game Sunday Night Football. People were tweeting at him, mm. you know, Jason Kelsey pictures. They're saying like, you're gonna eat this one. It's Cowboys Nation, and then. The, the pass interference call happens. <laughs> the universe flips on its head. Lombardi uh, is right. It's officially 2020. That's the best part about this. Uh, I, I, the, the, I, I, uh, I used to be able to do a decent Lombardi impression, but I, I feel like I, we haven't I've seen him in a while. I've definitely <laughs> lost the voice. I used to be able to do the voice okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could do it. You just got to say Tate Frazier like 15 yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tate Frazier, we call this, we call this, tea, we, we call these cookies. Now, of course, uh, when Millie's making cookies, she has a lot of ingredients, right? And all you need is just to pick those ingredients together, put it in the oven. You got cookies. That's the Buffalo Bills to me. They're yes. cookies. Yes. We got the ingredients. Yes. We just got to mix it together. <laughs> okay, well, Lombardi, we'll keep an that's eye good. on that. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, all right. How do you want to structure this? You're, you're excited about football. My idea was just like, I have so many disjointed thoughts. Uh, I, first of all, I, like the rest of America, did park my ass on the couch and watch football. And yes. it felt so good. The rhythms of... I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do what I just made fun of everyone else doing. Just saying, it's so good to be back. Uh, yeah. But the rhythms of the week, just having the Saturday, the college football was kind of ass to be honest. Like we'll talk about the Tar Heels maybe later if we have time. But uh, mm. uh, college football didn't really do it for me as much. Uh, but then the Sunday, just sitting there and having that moment where you're just like, I don't have to do anything today. I can just sit here literally all day and watch football. Mm-hmm. It, it really did feel really good to to have that back. And uh, yeah, I I just my my brain. I learned nothing. I I. I, I accomplished nothing on Sunday. I just sat there and stared at a screen, and I haven't done that in a very long time, and I, I, it felt great. It felt great. The, the NFL is cheers for the American TV audience, and we just want to go somewhere where everybody knows that yeah. name. And uh, one of those names, I, maybe we start like this, Old Faces, New Places. Where mm-hmm. are the, some of the shocking people that you saw on NFL Sunday, maybe where you see someone? My first one that I'm going to throw out to you, Jason Witten. Uh, I'm watching uh, my beloved Carolina Panthers, and uh, you know they look nothing like the team that I remember. Uh, there is no Cam Newton. I mean, there's no, there's no Kelvin Benjamin. There's just nothing that I can point to and say those are the Panthers. But anyways, they're playing the Raiders and Gruden. I'm I'm fixated on this game, and then they show Jason Witten, a guy that was calling Monday Night Football not too long ago, and now is on the Raiders. That was one of the first names I saw, and there was a, a myriad. Todd Gurley is another name that comes up, obviously, with the Falcons, and we knew about some of these guys, Gurley, of course, but mm-hmm. just seeing them play on different teams, that was the, the first jarring thing I saw in week one. I wrote down five football thoughts because uh, I, 
you know, we, we could talk all day about, about this stuff and I wanted some sort of structure and, and I wanted to make sense. Do, do you have, are, are your thoughts organized or are you just all over the place? Do you want, yeah. do you want me to tee it up and you, you do you have thoughts? You go I, first. You're the football have, guy. All right. I'll go first with my first one. And, uh, and I call it the football team. Um, and that's my first thought. Thought number five, three words, the football team. It was a Kevin Durant tweet, and it's a team that's 1-0 in the NFL, and it's a team that when you looked at the scorecard, it would say Eagles versus football team, which is I, I never thought that I would see that in my life, but again, we are in 2020. And on the football team, they have former quarterback at your alma mater, Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins, who has a great, mm-hmm. great day. We have the coach of the Carolina Panthers, former coach of the Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera, who's battling cancer, getting over cancer, getting an IV at halftime. Going against all odds to get the win. Uh, so my number five thought is just the football team because it was a gritty win, and uh, they deserve some praise. I got to say, the football team, I, I've been a fan of this name since the start. I, <laughs> you have. I threw I threw it out when they when they said they were getting rid of the old name. I said they should just call themselves the football team, the Washington football team. And, and I looked at you like, Mark Titus, yeah, come on. You thought I was turn, crazy. turn the brain on today. And I got to say, the more I see it, the more I hear people talking about it, the more I love it. And anyone – like the people that are making fun of it just – Again, I say, like, you would make fun of literally any name. That Names mm-hmm. are stupid. Sports names are stupid. If mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles did not exist and Philadelphia got an expansion football team and someone said, we should call them the Philadelphia Eagles, and you said, what are we naming them after? And they're like, well, the Eagles is like the, the, the bird of America and the declaration was signed in Philadelphia, so we should – everyone would just roll their eyes and be like, this is the dumbest explanation I've ever heard. Names are stupid. They're all stupid. Uh, the football team pops. <laughs> Hearing everyone yesterday, like you said, Kevin Durant just tweeted the football team. It like it, it works for me. It truly does. I, I really it, it makes it seem like they're so much better than what they are. You forget that it's a it's a franchise that absolutely sucks. You forget that this might be the people were saying going into the season they might be the worst team in the NFL. You forget all that because you hear the football team. It makes it sound like they're a step above everyone else. Everyone else is like a football team. This is the football team. It, it it doesn't need to be dressed up any more than that. It's great. Everyone making fun of it. You're wrong. You're gonna be his, you're gonna be on the wrong side of history. That's a phrase we like to use, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're you're gonna be on the wrong side of history on this one. Dan Snyder came out said it might be a permanent name. I'm telling you, in ten years, if somehow Washington can turn around, which it's not gonna happen, but uh, I just picture a world where Washington is winning Super Bowls and they're called the Football Team, and you're mm-hmm. like. God damn it, the football team just went back to back. Like it's so awesome. That that would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is playing, like they have kitty mascots and like these color schemes. Maybe they should just be black and white or just gray. Like their <laughs> their color is just gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. We live in the gray area. That's yeah, where they we have, are. They have no other color. It's not like gray and white or gray and black, like like the Raiders kind of <laughs> are. It's just gray. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's mm-hmm. one color. We're called 50 the shades team. of gray. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I love it. Uh, anyway, that's that's good. Well, I, I one last thing on the fo- football team: Logan Thomas, who was a quarterback for Virginia Tech, caught the first touchdown of the new era of the Washington football mm-hmm. team. Went from quarterback to tight end, and uh, those are always the best stories. I feel like we get a lot of those stories, but Logan Thomas somehow playing at Virginia Tech, scoring the first touchdown. Uh, it's amazing. Also, speaking of of the actual team themselves, uh, it's amazing what Chase Young can do when he's not being. You know, getting hands to the face and getting held on every step, which is which is what happened last time we saw. I forget what <laughs> what was the last game Chase Young played in, but I remember he had hands to the face and they never. Oh, that was a Clemson. That's right, the Clemson mm-hmm. game where the refs stick this. That's right. Yeah, they didn't call <laughs> a single goddamn penalty on people blocking on Chase Young. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. The guy, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. The guy's a pretty good football player when you play by the rules, huh? Interesting. <laughs> Find that fascinating. <laughs> Way to go oh. to the football team. That's my number five thought of the week. 
I had that written down too. That was one of my, that was one of my top five thoughts. Um, nice. I, I had the, my big picture thought was this, that I, I wanted to start with is that there's nothing like NFL fans. Uh, my, my, my thought of the NFL being back is that NFL fans are unique in that, in their overreactions and in their hatred of everything. And what I mean by that Tate is every single team that lost their fans are, are like, is there a single fan base in the NFL that was fine with their, how their team played, even though they lost. Like, I feel like maybe the Bengals. Maybe. No, I, I was going to say maybe the Carolina Panthers, uh, from what I can tell. Really? It, seems, it seems like Panthers fans are very content with where we are. That they're was like, fine? Yeah, and they're like back to being in the middle. They're like eight and eight, let's go. But that's, I, I, you, you, you guys should just tank for Trevor Lawrence, right? Isn't that the, that should be the plan. I mean, what are we No, doing? apparently he's going to the Jets already. That's what everyone He's is. already said <laughs> it. Um <laughs> It's already be, it's been preordained by New York media, much like Zion yeah. to the Knicks was. Yes, as all as is tradition. Next great player, we got. Um, him. I, I it was just funny watching people on Twitter, watching people and uh, 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 you know watching Talking Heads and just kind of absorbing the fandoms of the world. Um, as a guy who really doesn't have an NFL team that I ultimately care about that much, uh, it's fascinating to watch because everybody that lost. They're 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 disgusted, and the, and the most uh, the most obvious example is the Cowboys. The Cowboys, like everyone's ripping Mike McCarthy for going forward on fourth and three, even though there's like 11 minutes left in the game. They're pretending like this was like the last play of the game, and he he could have kicked the field goal and sent it to overtime, but because he went for it, which by the way, not a bad call in my eyes because the play worked. It just was poorly executed. Like it was the right call. They they got the completion. The receiver just wasn't far enough down the field. That's on the receiver. That's not on Mike McCarthy. He's like, it'll be open. If you if you run your route <laughs> past the first down line, catch the ball, fall down, first down, we keep the chains moving. That's not a Mike McCarthy problem. I don't know. And plus, there's 11 minutes left. But Cowboys fans are enraged. They're, they're incensed. People are, are ready to ride off the Cowboys because of a pass interference call that wasn't called. And, and I, whatever. Uh, the on, on down the line, like every single team that loses – the sky is falling. This is the and, and and you only get that in the NFL. Like in the NBA on opening night, a team loses. You're like, man, all right, we're we're zero one to start the year, but man, we we got some good pieces. We're I'm excited about this. The NFL that is not like the, the Lakers. Game. The Lakers lost the yeah. first game, right? And then they were all like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have a yeah, good yeah. We're year. good. Give us time to gel. Get it going. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like it's really the Bengals. You say the Panthers. Uh, I mean, the Buccaneers, kind of ish, but not really because you know. There, there seems Brady, to be some question marks about Tom Brady. Yeah, there, there's some, there's um, some also like some after the game Arian saying some things about how he wish he looked like he looked in practice, and you know, there, nobody all overreacts. Nobody overreacts to one week like NFL fans, and it was so awesome because it, it comes on the heels of as you said, we we're living in this pandemic times. We're living in these times of like, I'll do anything for sports. I'll never complain again. I just please just give me a distraction from the shitty life I have right now. Please, God damn it, what are the Jets doing? God damn it, you know, like it's right back. Like, like the Browns fans are like, ah, <laughs> and it's all right back where we started all these, uh, you know, last year where everybody hates. If you win, you love your team. If you lose, you hate your team. And that's only that only ever happens in the NFL. It's amazing. And if you're the Browns right now, I do feel like after seeing all the progressive ads and seeing Baker Mayfield plastered everywhere and getting the full Baker Mayfield push, that first game had to really hurt. You know what I mean? You talk about like really losing your mind after week one. You play the Ravens, the team that has the MVP, has Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson, and they just run it up on you. And you basically have no offense. OBJ, I cut him from my fantasy team immediately. I don't know what's going on, but... 
Those are my Browns thoughts. <laughs> you really, you yeah, so so as a as a Browns believer, a little bit, like a slight Browns believer going into the year, maybe they flip things around. Can you cut a guy mid game? Can you do that mid game or you gotta wait to drop? You just drop a mid game. Well, I, I don't think you actually physically can, but I'll still go to the app and I'll do it anyway. You know, what I, I think mean? there should be button. fantasy where you could. There's, <laughs> the, the way to get me back into fantasy is you can do it. You could have like live. I know. I know you can do this with like so the the at the DraftKings and, and whatnot, where you can like pick guys for week by week. I'm talking like you, everything is fantasy football, the exact same, except as Tom Brady throws a second interception. If you're starting Tom Brady, you can like drop him and pick up like another guy like on the fly, <laughs> and you get the you get that guy's stats for the rest of the time you picked him up. That's that's the worst idea I think I've ever had. Uh, what, what's your what what other thoughts you got? All right, number four for me, the okay. NC State Colts, um, which is my favorite team in NFL football. Phil Rivers, uh, a man that is both blessed and cursed, and I say that as equally as possible because he's blessed with the talent of being one of the greatest gunslingers to ever live, but also cursed with the fact that he loses more one possession games <laughs> than anyone in the history of football. But you send him to the Colts, uh, a franchise that has Peyton Manning before, a guy that you know Phil Rivers obviously has a lot of admiration and respect for, especially for the mm-hmm. position as a quarterback. Takes over his team in Indy. He's got Naheem Himes in the backfield with him, a guy that went to NC State, and it, it, I think is a chance to have a really big year for the Indianapolis Colts, like you know an LT Darren Sproles type situation, perfect for young Phil Rivers and now old Phil Rivers. You got Mo Alley Cox, which is basically Antonio Gates light. He's the B version of Antonio Gates. He's perfectly primed to be there. And just in case the NC State Colts lose Phil Rivers, you know, just because he is getting up there in age, Jacoby Brissett walks right in there, and the NC State Colts keep on going. And uh, I don't know why I'm all the way in on the Colts, but I am. And uh, I love NC State football because there's so much hope and promise. And like you said, you were just explaining the Cowboys. That's NC State football. This should have happened. This could have happened. Why didn't we go for this? But it always results the same, which is a loss. And uh, that's the beauty of it. The NC State Colts. The Colts truly are the Pacers of the NFL, man. Like they're really like they're they're good enough to like get your attention. They're good enough to like I can say that I'm from Indiana and I don't care about the Colts and the people that are Colts fans from Indiana are like, how can that possibly be? We are one of the best franchises in the NFL. And then Mm -hmm. I go, are we, (laughs) are we based on, uh, and then meanwhile, like in the same way, the Pacers always like, you know, like it it was always more important to play the foil to like the Jordan Pacer or the Jordan, the Jordan bulls or the, Mm -hmm. the Kobe and Shaq Lakers or LeBron heat, the LeBron heat, whoever it is. Like there's always like the big, final boss that the Pacers are chipping away at. <laughs> that was always the Patriots with Tom Brady. That was like all the mm-hmm. Colts. Like you beat the Patriots as a Colts fan. That was a successful season. The Colts hang the banner. The like the the AFC South finalist third place <laughs> banner. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas we beat the Patriots week five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They hang those banners. Uh, it's, it's just like such a weird and, – and I'm not even – I guess I'm technically making fun, but I, I kind of get it because it's like it's just enough to – it's just a vicious cycle. It's like enough to get you excited. It, it's not like they're the Browns. It's not like Colts are the Browns or else Col- Indianapolis. People in Indianapolis would just check out. They're like, I don't, I'm not watching this shit. I don't care about football enough. Uh, but the Colts put out a competitive team enough to get everyone interested. And then they're, they're going to – I don't I, – again, I didn't watch a second of the game. I don't know, you know, who, who's to blame for losing to the Jaguars. But I'm going to call my shot. The Colts are going to make the playoff state. Mm-hmm. And they're going to lose in the wild card game. <laughs> and that's going to be it. And then all the Colts fans are going to be like, not a bad year. We bring Phil back. We make some adjustments here and there. If we could just draft a left tackle or whatever the hell it is, like the one weakness that they think they have, 
Next year will be good. And then next year they're going to go 10 and six and it's going to be the same thing. And it's just, that's, that is, that is the Colts. They are the Pacers. Of the, NFL. the good news is that the Colts did win a title. They beat Lovey Smith and Rex mm-hmm. Grossman. So we have to give them that they did win one championship. They won that Super Bowl. Tracy Porter took the other Super Bowl away with the saints. And then we got deflate gate. I feel like it's the next point in time that we point to the Colts kind of took over because, you know, Andrew Luck, who's supposed to be their Brady golden boy that wears number 12. Then we get the deflate gate thing. And then obviously he retires out of nowhere. What's next? And what's next is like you said, a wild card uh, season where we all love the Colts and everyone is like, man, this team is amazing. They're a gritty football team. I don't know. I wouldn't want to play the Colts. I I wouldn't want to play the Colts in the wild card (laughs) round. And then they just lose by one possession. They just lose. It's like, "Ah, we're right (laughs) there. And and Rodrigo Blankenship somehow misses a kick and we're all like, where's (laughs) Vinatieri? Where are you, Vinatieri? (laughs) Man, it's been, I didn't, I just thought about it as I was talking about the Patriots and Colts. Like, this is, the 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 just apathy in general of Indiana sports that I feel is is sad. It's shameful, really. Like I, mm. man, I hope the Colts got to win this. The Indiana needs something, man. Like if the Colts, if they didn't win the Super Bowl with Peyton that one year, when's the last like Notre Dame in '88? Is that the last title at the state <laughs> of Indiana? The Tim Brown, Lou Holtz, uh, is that the last? I'm trying to think because like that is Indiana sports in a nutshell. Like the entire state. Like a lot of a lot of cities have a bad go, you know. Like Cleveland mm-hmm. pretends, like you know, Cleveland had a rough stretch there for a while, and Cleveland on pretends. down the line, <laughs> Minneapolis. I guess Minnesota's up there for for bad stretches. But yeah, this, the whole state of Indiana is like good enough to get your. T- it's big. The, the state of Indiana is the Big Ten stat of the day. It is mm-hmm. Purdue wins Big Ten titles. They lose in the Elite Eight. Indiana like is back, but not back, but they get like these recruiting wins, but then (laughs) it's better to be in Charlotte. Charlotte is basically the G league for the Boston sports team. So you go, you go there (laughs) to make a name for yourself. And then as soon as you're about to be great, we got you. My other thought I had written down, I've, I discovered yesterday that Tom Brady is not the reason that I hate the Patriots. Mm. I thought it was this whole time. I want to apologize to Tom Brady. Like I don't, I was watching Tom Brady on the butt play the Saints, and I was actually kind of cheering for him. And he scores the first touchdown. He does a quarterback sneak spikes, and I was like, that's pretty cool. And I actually found myself cheering for Tom Brady. And then I thought about it, and I was like, why did I hate Tom Brady on the Patriots so much? I thought it was a Tom Brady thing. I still don't really know what it is. It just eliminated one thing. Is it Belichick that I hate? Is it uh, Robert Kraft that I hate? Is it Patriots (laughs) fans that I hate? Is it just like – Jim Nance, like, call in a Patriots game and, and – and, Oh, my. Yeah, and welcoming us back to Foxborough, and it's, like, 4.30, and it's late November, and, like, it's pitch black outside, and I'm growing up in Indiana, and I already see it's dark out in Foxborough, and I'm like, shit, it's about to get dark outside. I got to go outside and, like, try to play real quick before the sun goes. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but I, I still hate the Patriots, even though Tom Brady's not on there, uh, and it's not because of Tom Brady. So that's what I figured out. I was, cheering, that- I was cheering for Tom Brady. I couldn't believe it. I feel like my point right here, number three, it's a question that actually involves this whole thing, which is who is America's team? And uh, I do feel like there is a push. There is a PR push that is being you know thrown out there, which is the Patriots are America's team because they've yeah. taken the, the, the Black they Panther himself, the, ex, the greatest export. Uh, you know, Cam Newton goes up north and he goes to the Boston or the Boston, the New England Patriots, and he is now beloved by America. He scores two touchdowns yesterday. And, you know, Bill Belichick after the game talks about how you know he puts his teammates before him. Uh, and he's, you know, all the buzzwords you'd ever expect expect are all about Cam Newton. And then on the other flip side of things, you have 
you know, Tom Brady, Gronkowski, you know, all down in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, to people love them. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Cowboys who claim to be America's team. I'm not really sure about that. We have the LA Rams who have this stadium that, as far as Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are concerned, they are Rams fans. Uh, That is America's (laughs) team. So that's the question I have for you, Mark Titus. Who is America's team? Because you say it's not the Patriots. I would say the Patriots right now. I don't think it can be the Patriots. It can't be the Patriots. I I think think, in 2020, anything is possible. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. I think America has a softer spot for the Patriots than they've had in the past. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's enough for them to be America's team. I would say last year was the Chiefs, right? Yes. Like, wouldn't you say the Chiefs checked all the, the boxes? Chief, the Chiefs like, are out after Thursday Night Football. The boos yeah. happened. The Chiefs have been Yeah. Also, been they won the title. Like, it's kind of hard yeah. to – because when you say America's team, I think about the team that, like, everyone – like, my team, quote-unquote, if I'm an NFL fan, my team loses, we're knocked out of the playoffs, whatever. Mm-hmm. What is the team that I am now cheering? I hope – since my team can't win it, I'm cheering for this team. Uh, I feel like it was the Chiefs last year for a lot of people because Andy Reid never won and and you know Kansas City hadn't won a Super Bowl in a long time all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you can't you can't like no one's going to cheer for them to repeat right like that's not a thing you don't cheer no. for a team to to pull off the repeat. So They've already reached yeah. the mountaintop. Andy's already good. I feel like it can't be any of the the storied franchises. Like nobody's getting behind the Steelers or the Packers or the Cowboys. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say, you know what, those. Big Ben is back. I'm back in. Uh, yeah. I don't have to think about that. Is it the Colts? <laughs> is it the I, uh, here's, here's my theory. I it think might it should, be the Titans. What about I, the Titans? Well, the Derrick Titans, Henry, Mike Vrabel, very lovable. Both of those guys, they they beat the they beat the Patriots last year, correct? Um hmm. They, uh, Vrabel's like, I love Vrabel. Vrabel's a buck guy. I love that guy. Uh, it just, they have one thing, which is like their super fan is, uh, Clay Travis. So, I mean, that that does hurt. That day, here here are my two teams that I have that I can throw out to that I think are the the answers. One of them I think may shock people, and it's the Seattle Seahawks. And I think it can't be. No, I think I think that's what that's what 2020 is. That's what 2020 is. The Seattle Seahawks have. The Josh Gordon experiment, which is everyone loves a comeback story, even though the comeback has happened a million times. Uh, And we have them go down to Atlanta. We have Russell Wilson face the demons of future. He goes into the Dirty Birds house, gets a nice, easy victory, casual, like it was nothing. He's got a rapport. He's he's the system. We now know that Russell Wilson is the system. There's no you know back and forth. Marshawn's long gone at this point. They figured out the secondary. They got guys to replace the Earl Thomases of the world in that whole situation. They're past that period. They're on to a new period. And Russell Wilson is going to play the lovable QB of America. He knows he's a teddy bear. He knows how to play the card. He's going to go for it. And if it's not Russell Wilson, number two, a.k.a. 1A, Lamar Jackson, and he wins because yeah, of the free Yeah, that's factor. a good one. That's the Ravens good. and Lamar Jackson win just because Mike Vick. It's the Mike Vick freak factor where that's it's a like, good one. That, that's how do we stop answer. those guys? That's those a better answer. Russell Wilson, everyone's too familiar with. He's been around too long. He's already got his Super Bowl. He's he's corny. He's married to a celebrity. Like, he's got two – like, no one's – no one needs that guy to win another Super Bowl. Chrissy no Teigen one. and John Legend are in every commercial, and, <laughs> yeah. and there's a reason for that, and that's what Russell Wilson's trying to do to us as well. <laughs> he is the John Legend of football. I don't think America needs more Russell Wilson in their lives. Like, great, <laughs> great player. Uh, mm. uh, obviously, the, the you know, like, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I just, like, I don't think America's rallying behind Russell Wilson. The, the Ravens is a good one. The Ravens make sense. Lamar Jackson. I think people love Lamar Jackson. I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, the Browns are a no-brainer, but I don't think, I don't think Baker Mayfield, I don't think the Browns in general are likable. 
for no. the, the rest of uh, the Bengals are more likable than the yeah. Browns because AJ Green is kind of like the if, story. We lost AJ Green last year. He comes back this year. He finally has a competent quarterback. Joe Burrow, everyone loves Joe Burrow. Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon are a great backfield that we're familiar with. Yeah. I like I, the Bengals. I I think the Browns, if we're talking like the arc of the the franchise, like the Browns, you know, like the Browns check all the boxes in that regard of like other than Steelers fans, the only reason well, Steelers fans... The Ravens are the old Browns, so why don't we just stick with the Ravens and we'll just throw the, yeah, Bra- yeah, the Cleveland go. part. I was yeah. just going to say, the AFC North hates the Browns just because Cleveland fans are so loud and obnoxious <laughs> and like talk so much shit to all the other fan bases. But what uh, other fan base like outside of the AFC North looks at the Browns and is like, man, I hate those guys. Nobody. Like, how can you hate the Browns? They've never beat you in a – it's never like, I thought we had the team to win the Super Bowl and then those pesky Browns knocked us off and upset us and ruined our season. No one's ever said those words, at least not in, in my lifetime. You know, so, you know who hates the Browns? The Bills. I think the Bills, the Bills are the only yeah. – they're the only I, team that have great. the right to hate the Browns. They're like, we are even Spider-Man worse off meme. than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four Super Bowls in a row. You no titles. Bills. Bills Mafia versus the Muni Lot tailgaters, like, like, yeah, they, they, yeah, it, it, it's the, it's like the oppression. That's a showdown. Like, yeah, <laughs> who's the most oppressed fan base? Uh, but yeah, the the bill are the Bills America's team. Then I don't know. I th- I think they're both too like. They're, I think they're Josh too- Allen is not lovable enough. He's yeah. not much of a character. He makes mm-hmm. like goofy mistakes. Even though the Bills, I think, are the most. I think Sean McDermott is the best young coach in football that nobody knows. Like yeah. every, like Sean McDermott's going to get the Cowboys job in two years, and everyone's going to be like, "Who's Sean McDermott? And what's going on with the Bills?" And you're like, "No, this I guy think- knows how to run a team." I think the Ravens is the answer. I think the Ravens is okay. the answer. I think the Bengals could be the answer with Burrow. Uh, I think if Burrow continues to have games taken from him by a kicker who fakes an injury. Uh, I think America is going to very quickly be like, I need this guy to win, but they're not going to like, no one needs Joe Burrow to win a title. They're like, again, it's the same sort of thing. Like we just saw him win. Like we're all cheering for Joe Burrow, but like, we don't need him to win a championship this year. Get We'll, 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 we'll revisit that in five years. If he hasn't mm-hmm. won a title yet, like then it's time for Joe Burrow to, to get a Super Bowl, Right. But it's, yeah. it's Lamar Jackson time right now. I think I think it is the Ravens. I think the Ravens are America's team. Yeah. All right. Officially stamp it Lock down. It Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Like America's team. It, like who else would it be? Yeah. That, that's a that's a. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> We're just gonna start listing every single team. Uh, I still think the Titans. I think I think the Titans have a shot. I think I think. Uh, wow. Unstamped. Uh, yeah, unstamped. <laughs> unstamped. Restamped. <laughs> Uh, what what else is there? Can we talk about? I wrote this down. I wrote okay. this thought down because you you've been kind of skirting around it, but we got to address this head on. SoFi Stadium. Uh, we are both residents of Los Angeles. We have both seen this thing being built, going back to the days that we went to a Drake concert together a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and we saw the framework of SoFi Stadium <laughs> being laid out. Um, so it, th- this has been a you know we we we've seen this happening in the last few years. I've been paying a little bit of attention to it just because like I drive by it every so often, not really, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, like it didn't really dawn on me. It didn't really hit me until I'm watching the game last night. How much money five billion dollars is, Tate? Mm-hmm. Like I I knew it was costing them five billion dollars. It's it's a word that people say. It's they're like yeah, that's the five billion dollar stadium. I'm like okay, cool. But it's almost like five billion is so big that you don't like stop and and really break it down. That like one billion is a shit ton of money, and this is five. This is five times a shit ton. <laughs> that's five times that. Um, and and I'm watching the game last night, and and 
And I just want to say, like, it's $5 billion. There's not a water slide anywhere in that place. Like, what, what is it that costs $5 billion? There's not a roller coaster to be found within SoFi Stadium. How the hell is this thing $5 billion? Very, very, very valid point, Mark Titus, because I felt the same way. When you hear the number $5 billion, you're expecting immaculate. And, and yes, it is a beautiful, obviously, the, the arena and everything looks so great. And, but it's not something that I see and I go, that's $5 billion. That's five times better than Jerry's World? Because, well, if, what I'm, if I'm staying cronky, I could buy the Knicks for $5 billion. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, instead of building an arena, I could just go buy the, the most viable franchise in the NBA, which is, again, all this is evaluations of everything that is worth around $5 billion. And, you know, the land and the value of the property obviously plays a big mm -hmm. part in this. But regardless, the fact that they shoved it down our face and wanted us to know that it was $5 billion and they would show Stan Kroenke sitting there in his nice suit and then cut away to Jerry Jones, who looks like, he's like, please just give me a win, please. <laughs> and... You know, it just seemed like it was their attempt to basically shove down the throat to the Dallas fans that, like, L.A. is the premier stadium. Yeah. And that Dallas stadium is now number two. And if I'm a Cowboys fan, we I'm gotta, not We got to build a new stadium. <laughs> yeah. <we're> <laughs> <laughs> knocked out Jerry's world. And we're going $10 billion. <laughs> I mean, where where is the it. five billion going? That's what I didn't understand because they're they're showing. Uh, and so I tr I tried to Google it because like I I was interested. I was like, I'm sure, uh, and I'm sure there's like a real story behind it that uh, they, they said there was some with rain. That was the story. Like it got delayed a year because it was raining so much. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. so, so what? That adds four billion dollars to how much a stadium should like? What the hell? Is it really the property value? It has that many acreage? Is it? The only thing I can think is like all the other stuff they're building around it. Cause right. Aren't they building like the stadium and then also yeah, like shopping restaurants. Yeah. The entire, yeah, like it's an experience. Out there or yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's Chipotle and Chick-fil-A. Chipotle. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's part of the, the price tag, but I, I was just sitting there watching the thing. And, and I, I've been to Jerry's world. I've been to a game in Dallas. Uh, it is it, like, when I walked in there, I was like, this is, I, I went to two. We went to the Ohio state TCU game a few years ago. And then, um, I went to a Cowboys game the next night. I think it was, or yeah, they had Sunday night football there. Uh, the place is massive, and it really does like feel like you're in a different. It's just like it. It is all inspiring how big it is, how different it is than every other football stadium I've ever been in, in my life. Uh, I cannot imagine how SoFi Stadium can be five times that or whatever. No, I mean, what? Like, what? Just think about you. We were in U.S. Bank Stadium for the Final Four, which yes. is the Viking Stadium, which is a brand new stadium as well. And that's like a ship, and it's a, a beautiful ship, and it looks so nice, and it looks very familiar to the Rams show me, Stadium. Show me the receipts, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I need, I need, I need yeah. an itemized breakdown of SoFi Stadium being five billion dollars because four billion what? is the property. Oh. <laughs> one, billion for, one billion for the stadium. Uh, what else? What else is there? Well, speaking of SoFi Stadium, let's talk about not the premier team that's playing in SoFi Stadium, but the other team. Uh, and they're always referred to as the other team. They are, of course, the former San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. They have new uniforms, and everything seems to be on the up and up. And I have the reason why it's on the up and up, because the Chargers curse is over, and it's mm -hmm. finally over. It took seven years, and it all comes back to one man, one man who burned me bad on Twitter, Randy Bullock. <sighs> Wait, what? Yes, Randy Bullock. In 2013, the Houston Tech Texans in week one. And I had to look this up because I was like, I remember Randy Bullock doing something to the Chargers. <laughs> and uh, and, no, I'm, and, I'm, and, and people right now, like, hold on. So in 2013, Randy Bullock was on the Texans. He was the kicker for the Texans. In uh. week one, the Chargers were up the most. This is the biggest comeback in Chargers history to this day. 
Um, they had the biggest lead. I think it was 26 points, 27 points in 2013. Randy Bullock ends up hitting a field goal for the Texans to beat the Chargers in that game. And it was the classic, wow, the Chargers are doing a Chargers thing, right? And then we have seven more years of Phil Rivers, six more years of Phil Rivers and the Chargers having these moments where hit the upright, you know, they don't get a field goal off in time. All these Chargers moments happen. And then we get down to Randy Bullock seven years later, not on the Texans anymore, facing the Chargers in week one, has a chip shot for the Cincinnati Bengals. He walks out there, the Chargers, this is a guarantee. We're going to, you know, at least go to overtime here, and the Chargers are probably going to lose this Joe game. Joe Burrow, this- by the way, adding more context, marches rookie Joe Burrow, number one pick, got zero preseason. This is yes. the first time we've ever seen him in a professional. In a two-minute NFL drill, year. yeah. Uh, runs a two-minute drill, gets the touchdown for a brief moment in time before we find out A.J. Green pushed off, which I thought was probably the right call, mm-hmm. but uh, – so that was like taking it like we had the moment in time where we thought the Joe Burrow did this dude just did this is mm-hmm. what everyone was mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Not quite, but they're going to kick a field goal and send it to overtime. Exactly. So, you know, two years ago, even that call, AJ Green, there's no push off. Bengals win. Chargers lose. This is the story. We all know this. Randy walks out there and the Pillsbury Doughboy himself. And I and I had <laughs> tweeted. I had tweeted before this. I don't know why. But I feel like Randy Bullock's going to make this kick because I knew in the back of my head, 2013, Randy Bullock made this kick against the Chargers. Also, he's like a preseason kicking god. He doesn't miss anything in the preseason. This man had no preseason. This is game one. This is preseason. All these things are going in my mind. But at the end of the day, it's a chip shot and the Chargers. And of course, the Chargers are going to get, you know, they're going to make this. It's the Chargers. Randy Bullock goes out there, takes two steps pulls up, blocks it to the right, shanks it to the right, whatever you want to say, grabs his hamstring, goes down, grabs Chargers win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a- after the game, they say the guy's not hurt really at all, and that you know he'll be fine. Randy Bullock will be back. But I just thought the seven-year window and the Chargers curse, they have no Phil Rivers anymore. Randy Bullock's kick in week one. Now he misses it. Chargers win. Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers, they're free. They're free of the curse, and it all came down to Randy Bullock. <sighs> He grabbed his wrong leg, right? He grabbed like his <laughs> right calf, his kicking calf, mm. and then in the in the post game, he said he pulled something in his left calf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bengals have to cut him. I, I'm not. I, I know I just said something about overreacting in week one. I don't think this is an overreaction. I think this is a reaction. I think this mm-hmm. is very rational, level-headed. You have to cut Randy Bullock. You have to. Not that he missed the field goal. Not that he shanked it that badly. The guy faked an injury, Tate. Like you, you can't come. There's no coming back from that. You can't no. come back. You can't trust this man in a Bengals uniform for the rest of the season. Here's the coming back from that. You get cut by the Bengals, and then you sign with the Chargers. Yeah, and then, and then, you, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then you never miss a kick for the Chargers yeah. again. And everyone's like, Randy Bullock is the god. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking into the future. It's whether it's at the end of this year, the end of next year, whatever. Sometime in the near future, there's going to be a headline that says like Bullock can never outrun the demons <laughs> from week one <laughs> when he faked his calf. That's a long headline, but <laughs> Bullock could never outrun demons from week one, <laughs> 2020 season when he faked calf injury. After shanking kick that would have given rookie Joe Burrow first win and an otherwise impressive two, that's the headline. Uh, that's I, I see that's where we're going. So why don't just why don't we just get to it right now and cut him now? Because like you're gonna you're gonna have that moment in two years where you're like, yeah, man, the, the, I guess we gotta pull the plug because this just isn't. We're like the guy has the guy's Sam Darnold. He's seeing ghosts. He's gonna be seeing like he needs to change the scenery. That's what he needs. Uh, but he's gonna need it two years from now. Why don't we just get out in front of it? Do it now. Cut him now. Let him let him go get his change of scenery right now. 
It was bigger than the Bengals. It was bigger than that one kick. It was for the Chargers, and it was also for Joe Burrow because if Joe Burrow won that game, first quarterback that was the number one pick to win his first game since who? David Carr. You don't want to be the next David Carr. Carr. Uh, the, the way you're setting that up, I thought I thought Randy Bullock tweeted at you or something. I thought you got into a fight with. No, I, I had I literally saw a 50 yard field goal being made by Randy Bullock in my mind, and then I looked up when that happened, and it was the Texans, and it was against the Chargers, and I said, you know what, Randy knows how to do this. He's going to do this again, <laughs> and uh, it, it turns out it was to reverse the curse. I had no idea. Man. Um, what, what else is there? Is that, is that good? Did that scratch your itch? Do we need more? We got more NFL things. Oh yeah. My, my number one thought of the weekend, uh, crunch time, Trubisky. Uh, there was a lot of people Mm -hmm. that were out in the world that wanted to see Mitchell Trubisky fail. They wanted to see him lose to the Minnesota Vikings, not the the Detroit lions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he owns Matt Patricia. That is the only team that Mitchell Trubisky plays well against the Detroit lions. I don't know what the lions and Detroit has with the NFL and football, but Someone somewhere cursed them. Uh, DeAndre Swift drops a, an easy touchdown that would have won them the game. Trubisky comes back in the fourth quarter, throws two great touchdown passes, and uh, is Trubisky is Trubisky the best Tar Heel in the NFL? Or there's mm. another guy that's better that I don't know about. I'm I'm being I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm, I'm I generally don't. I mean, know. It, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like I mean, probably most visible Tar Heel. I wouldn't say the yeah, best. definitely most visible. <laughs> most visible, unfortunately. So do you do you feel an obligation to cheer for him at this point, or uh, is I've, we're waiting I for feel, Sam Howell to to relieve you of your Trubisky? I, I feel obligated because I guarded or I uh, guarded I uh, I reported on Mitchell. I you know covered Mitchell, and he was Mitch back then. And when I saw him come in from Mentor Ohio, Marquise Williams was the starting quarterback, and everyone was saying, you know, this kid from Mentor is going to take his spot. He's so talented. And you know, I interviewed him one time, and I told Marquise, "You're going to be fine." So, you know, I, I am pulling for him. I am pulling for him. But I understand. I understand the limitations. Uh, the, the other thought I had was also NFC North, but um, <laughs> do you, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Uh, Jordan Love going to the Packers in the draft. Obviously, when it happened, a lot of people said that's a reach. That's unnecessary. You have Aaron Rodgers. Why do you need another quarterback? Why, why would you pick this court? Why not get other weapons mm-hmm. to put around Aaron Rodgers in win-now mode? Um, and then Rodgers goes out against the Vikings a week one and looks like vintage Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and uh, is just unbelievable slinging the ball, which is, is, again, vintage Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings. That's what he does. He just, like, mm-hmm. no matter how – Aaron Rodgers could be 75 years old, and if he's playing – if he sees purple helmets – He's like, I'm good. <laughs> he's thrown for 400 yards. Um, so there's two trains of thought here, Tate. <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers balling out in week one? Is that – proof that the Packers are idiots and they shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love and, and they, they should have instead got another weapon to put around Aaron Rodgers or whatever it is. Just like, why waste that pick when Aaron Rodgers is this good and you're blowing, you're blowing a season in his prime? Uh, or how I see it, I felt like Aaron Rodgers playing well validated the pick because that's exactly what the Packers were trying to do is light a fire under his ass mm-hmm. and wake him up and be like, Aaron, you're – you're screwing around a little too much, buddy. You're like you're you're being a little too like. It's a little too cute. Yeah, you're being a little too cute. Let's get back to being great. Let's get back to greatness, and then uh, <laughs> and if not, we'll we'll play Jordan Love, and then Aaron Rodgers got a fire lit under his ass and went out and balled out in week one. That's what I think happened. And but if I think I'm the, the pick was good, 
I think it was a good pick, and I think if you're the Packers, you just put Jordan Love in the game, and you run like one Taysom Hill play, and then mm. all all the football world falls in love with you. They're like, these guys are thinking next level. It's not just a one QB league. It's a two QB league. You need a utility guy. The, the Taysom Hill, the future Jordan Love, you, you play that game. Speaking of, speaking of like legendary quarterbacks being screwed with by their coaches and <laughs> mental games, uh, Bruce Arians saying this about Tom Brady, like basically immediately after the game, he, he, he says the, both of Tom Brady's interceptions were his fault. I guess he's since walked back the first one. He said Mike Evans broke the route off and he shouldn't have. Uh, the second interception, the pick six, was 100% Brady. It just, that, looked like, that looked like me out there. <laughs> that took me back to my high school days. When I come off the field, my coach is like, what were you thinking? I was like, well, I, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I, I'll give this my, bad. <laughs> my like, bad. I didn't mean to. I was trying to like not do that. I wanted to win. It happen. <laughs> yeah. Coach, I promise you have to believe me. I did not throw a pick six there. Uh, but Bruce Arians, uh, he since walked it back, but he's still like kind of not taking the Belichick approach of like just deflecting blame and like just being, you know, and people are, are getting on him and they're saying this is why Bill Belichick always protects Tom Brady. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna zag while everyone else is zigging here, Tate, and say, mm. does Tom Brady need to be coddled? Like is this like is is Tom Brady seeing Bruce Arians say Tom Brady has to be better and Tom Brady's like in the corner crying that his coach is saying he has to be better when Tom Brady knows he has to be better? Like is mm-hmm. are we not making a bigger deal about this than it needs to be? Like is that the is that the biggest thing in the world that your coach is like, yeah, he threw two shitty passes. Like I I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I think. If, I, I think if anything, Bruce Arians is trying to be more of a Belichick with Brady, where he gets to him through the media because he knows mm-hmm. that Brady is like uh, Chris Collinsworth always says he has the newspaper clippings in his house. You know, during the offseason, that's what Brady actually is, and I think that's what he lives by. I mean, the one thing that Tom Brady, the question that needs to be asked is, is he a system quarterback? That's what mm. everyone is trying to figure out. And Bruce Arians is basically saying that uh, he, he is bigger than a system. He is Tom Brady. Make the throws. And Tom Brady is sitting there a little bit like, I can't do everything. Get open. Who, who, who was having a better time watching the, the Buccaneers lose to the Saints? Bill Belichick or Gardner Minshew mm. after the Leonard Fournette comments about having, <laughs> never having a real quarterback? And the Brady Blake Bortles. Two. Blake Bortles <laughs> had the best time. That was the, that was a full Bortles. Blake Bortles day. is just like Blake Bortles is in Cancun right now. Just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sure he has a barstool podcast. So I'm sure Bortles yeah. is doing a, a barstool podcast and you know just loving football and loving life. So that's the way that you win, folks. You get out of the game. Oh, good to have football back. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to make this a regular thing, but it doesn't matter. We're uh, we, it was fun. It was a week one. We had a lot of big time. I mean, one last thing I have to say, I forgot yeah. to bring this up. Greg Olson being on the Seahawks. That's mm-hmm. another big factor in America's team. Greg Olson is loved by America. Greg Olson is I like going Greg Olson to, a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Everybody likes Greg. Olson. I don't dislike the Seahawks. I didn't mean to say that like the Seahawks should be hated. I just like, I don't, they're not particularly lovable. They're just kind of, mm. Yeah, I don't know. DeAndre Hopkins also Q scores went up, lovable, and he tweeted after the is game. Arizona, this, is, this is what Arizona, y'all wanted to see? Could the, could we talk the Cardinals into being America's? I think Cliff Kingsbury has a little too much swag for mm-hmm. America to get behind that guy. I don't think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't strike me as a guy that America's looking at and saying, "I need more good things to happen to that guy." Mm. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, America wants to see him fail. Yeah, they won't they, hate they, they really need to see him fail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> football is back. Uh, it was so great to have. Chris Collinsworth say uh, it was it was third down and there was like four minutes left in that Rams Cowboys game and uh, it's third and three third and four whatever it is 
And Chris Collinsworth says my favorite phrase in all of football. And I heard it and I jumped off the couch and I was like, I was Leo, Leo DiCaprio, the Leo meme where he's pointing at himself on TV, whatever. I was like, there <laughs> it is. I got so excited when he said, this is for the game right here. Mm. Mm. And I, I believe the Rams did not get the first down. <laughs> and then the Rams still won the game. I believe that's what, if I remember right. But I live for that. That is my favorite thing. Of fo- that is my make shots of football. The make shots, you have to make shots. My, whenever it happens, the, the commentators go, this is for the game right here. And there's seven minutes left. And then something happens. And then there, there, as it turns out, there's more game after that. <laughs> you know what's even better is like uh, my dad now with even like a Carolina football game, he's so deep into it. It'll be like their first quarter and like NC State will score and he'll be like, that's the game. That's like how deep it gets. Like the commentator, it rubs off to the fans where they immediately write a game off completely. It's, this uh, is for the game right here. This, it, all, it all comes down that's to game. this one play and i'm like i don't think it does because like we got more plays to we got play. more plays and like it feels for the game it feels like that would be it like whoever <laughs> didn't get what they wanted lost yeah that doesn't seem to be how figurative it language in football we love it all right we're gonna take a break come back talk some playoffs uh do a little college basketball housekeeping as well Quick break to talk about our good friends at Whoop. Whoop, as you know, because we have talked about them for a while in this program, is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep, how recovered you are, and how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from both your workouts and the normal stresses of your life. What does that mean? What, what, what am I saying every time I say that? What I'm saying, Tate, is that Whoop monitors the physical and mental stress on your body so you know when you're burnout and need to take a break versus when you're sharp and focused. And that's important because – People, when you're working out, you think to yourself, I'm going to go balls to the wall at all times. Not true. As we know, we were athletes at once upon a time. Mm-hmm. We've been told these words. Rest is the most important part of any workout take. You got to know when to rest. You mm. got to know when to throttle down. Mm. I, I, I think rest is so important. I do a lot of it. It's, it's pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> I rest all the time. It's great. It's the best. Love rest. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I rest for weeks at a time because <laughs> I'm so good at uh, taking my workout seriously. Uh, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code Titus at checkout. Go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter the code Titus to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. Mm, mm. And we're also brought to you by Raycon. Titus, I've been listening to the Detroit 2 album by Big Sean, and you know the best way to listen is Mm. using a pair of premium wireless earbuds, especially if you can get them at less than half the price of the other guys. That's why I recommend wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. They got six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design, and a noise-isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet, no dangling wires or stems. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, J.R. Smith, and Mike Tyson, and they're all obsessed with their Raycons. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Tate. That's buyraycon.com slash Tate for a special 15% discount on on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check out now while the deal's running, buyraycon.com slash Tate. Back to the podcast. All right, so we're going to talk about this uh, Rostein report that, that the battle for Atlantis is going to South Dakota. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to squeeze every ounce of non-college basketball. We're, we're trying to enjoy Keep this. Keep holding on. We, we appreciate everyone. Wednesday's the big us. day. The, the vote is happening Wednesday, and hopefully uh, we'll be back in the saddle then. But uh, NBA playoffs. So 
the Rockets are dead. And the the Nuggets and Clippers, there's there's there are two game sevens to talk about. Like the Celtics beat the Raptors in game seven. We could recap that. We could look ahead to tomorrow. Uh, which everyone listening today, uh, Tuesday's Game 7 between the Clippers and Nuggets. I, I want to make sure we talk about the Rockets because I'm interested to get your thoughts. I have made it clear many times over that I don't hate the Rockets. I'm not a Rockets fan, but like I kind of do enjoy watching James Harden play basketball, which is a controversial opinion to have in these times. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I like Mike D'Antoni teams. Uh, I <laughs> like some of the other guys on the Rockets. Uh I don't hate Westbrook as much as everyone else, but like he's it's he he's shooting up the fraud power rankings. Certainly, like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to defend the guy, but uh, yeah, like the the I don't get a visceral hatred when I talk about the Rockets. Like a lot of people seem to, and now the Rockets lose to the Lakers. They they, they it's over. It's done. They they lost in five games. Um, it was it was it was kind of a gentleman sweep, right? Did the mm-hmm. Rockets win game one? And then mm-hmm. what what is a gentleman sweep, by the way? Have, have we narrowed that down? Is it you win three in a row and then give them one and win the next one? Or is it you lose the first one, win four in a row? I think it's you lose the first one because game one is always anybody's game, right? That's what they always say in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like everyone's like kind of just feeling each other out in game one. So like a gentleman sweet, I think, is you give them game one or, or you get felt out and they beat you, but you kind of know like – we, it's the thing is what Jordan did to the Lakers uh, the first time he went to the finals. Yeah. Like, game one, they lost to the Lakers. And we'll then give you one. He, now yeah, it starts. They, they won four in a row. Yeah. Because I think like it might be – or is it when you win three and then game four is – like if I'm playing you and I beat you three times in a row and game four is at home for you. I I'm think gonna it would let, be – I'm going to let you win so you have like your one little fun memory in front of the crowd and then we're coming back to my place and I kick your ass and get you out of here and that's season over. Maybe that's the – I don't know. Doesn't I think matter. it could be both. Let's just say both. <laughs> Point is, everyone is throwing dirt on the Rockets' grave. They're dancing on the grave. They're saying, get this shit out of my face forever. I, mm-hmm. I hate it. I, I will always hate it. Mike D'Antoni uh, is not coming back. He's already made that clear that he, he, is, he will not be returning to the Rockets. Small ball. The, the, the Rockets have, have toyed with Maury Ball for however many years it's been now. Um, and then they finally – like this was like the, the purest – distillation of that of like going full small ball for this was the first year they did this where pj tucker it's six foot five is playing center and they're just doing five out offense and everyone's like this is dead it's over and and get this out of my face so i just wanted i wanted to like do the rockets referendum real quick because i'm just curious what your thoughts are as as this is sort of an end of an era of the rockets because d'antoni's leaving like it's it's kind of not really like as long as harden is there whoever's coaching is going to have to placate Harden and and in doing so you're probably gonna have to let him just do whatever the hell he wants and it's gonna look very similar to what the Rockets have been these last few years mm-hmm. but it feels like the end of an era for the Rockets um and I guess Tate like it is this era that we've seen uh whether it's the D'Antoni era or whether you go back to the Kevin McHale years of uh uh you know like the last five or six years when the Rockets started like making western finals and western semifinals and all that was this era a failure if this is it if the Rockets like next year miss the playoffs and then say they make some big they hit the reset button and they get rid of Harden and just like blow it all up would you say that this era was a failure I would personally not, and uh, here's why. Yeah. Because I, I think there's two eras within the Rockets, the James Harden Rockets, right? There's the 2012 to 2016, and then there's the 2016 to 2020 version of the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And the 2012 to 2016, I think, is an overachieving 
version of the Rockets. And I know that's the Mikhail era. He gets fired. And, you know, there's a, obviously the, the, the Dwight Howard experiment is in there. I mean, there's just a, the Trevor Reza times, like all this sort of stuff with the Rockets. They tried to do, you know, the Ty Lawson trade to get him to Houston at one mm-hmm. point to try that experiment out. But I think when Dan Tony came in 2016, and decided, hey, I, I don't know what these, the position is called because everyone wants to say that they're a point guard, but whatever you want to call James Harden, where he starts the offense. You want to call him a starter? You want to call him a whatever? Like, he is the guy that has the ball in his hand and everything runs through him. Dan Tony does that, comes in 2016, and then in 2016, they had a real shot at beating the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors had 173 yeah. games, but the Rockets, in my opinion – weren't that far away right and then th- there was always like a, a reason and I kind of like wrote down in 2017 you know they go against the Spurs and mm-hmm. Harden basically is deflated in that whole process but also that 2017 Spurs team without Kawhi getting hurt they may have called caused even more problems to the Warriors you know we always talk about that what if and then in 2018 they without Kevin Durant they lose to the Warriors and they miss 27 threes you know I mean that's like unheard of statistically that doesn't without seem, Chris Paul yeah. yeah 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 it doesn't seem like that's possible yeah and anyways all that whole run right from the 2016 to 2020 his entire time with James Harden the the four years before that there's always been on the precipice of success like of reaching a title but they're always been right there they've always been in contention they've always put all their chips on the table they're always willing to you know, yeah. like you said, zig and zag. They wanted to zig while the Warriors were zagging. They right. wanted to play their own brand of basketball. I find them unique. I don't find them hateable. I did find it weird and odd that there weren't more people that found the weirdness lovable. You know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, or that, that's what yeah, that, that's what's that's what's that's fascinating. What's weird as a guy who's not like fully entrenched in the NBA at all times. Uh, but it's, it's hard. Sort of like it's like an outsider LeBron, LeBron yeah. has his own thing. And then like the Warriors had like this beautiful brand of basketball, which is like passing yeah. and shooting and, you know, fundamentally sound. And the Rockets were just different. And, I saw I saw Ramona Shelburne tweeted it originally. And I think KOC got on board with the sentiment um, about kind of what you said, like the, the Rockets went for it and, and we should applaud them for that. And uh, they were getting killed for that, that opinion because – no one's saying hang a banner. No one's saying put you know that the Rockets should, you know, be proud of themselves because they tried really, really hard. Like that's not. I think it's more like, like you said, I, I am I am surprised that more NBA fans don't do the the move where it's like I hate it but I respect it or like I'm glad that like people are thinking outside the box because we need more diversity. We need we need the league to be more than just like whoever has LeBron wins or whoever has like the, you know, isn't it funny though? Because the process I feel like was that exact is very similar to the Rockets, except for there was actually like a a short sighted goal to it. Like the process with this long goal. So you don't see the results, but like the Rockets are still giving you the results. I think the process, the process was a hundred percent. I think, listen, Hinky didn't get to see it all the way through. He got, he got the rug pulled out from under him. Like, so I'm not putting this on Hinky, but like whatever that era of the 76ers was as a franchise, uh, the process was definitely more of a failure than Mori Ball. Definitely. Like, the, the result- <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. Even. Like yeah, the, close. The, the Rockets took the Warriors, one of the greatest teams of all time, if not the greatest team of all time, the 2018 Warriors. They took them to seven games. Like you said, and they didn't have Chris Paul because he was hurt. Chris Paul is healthy. If they don't miss 27 threes, I, it's a lot of what ifs, I understand. Again, I'm not saying hang the banner. I'm not saying pat yourself on the back because you choked and missed 27 threes in a row. I'm saying just because it doesn't work this time, doesn't mean it couldn't have worked. It doesn't mean that you're like, you know, 
I, it, 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 the conversation around the Rockets are always, it's just so bizarre. And I think it, what makes it more bizarre is like, it's not like these guys are flaming out in the first round every year or the second round every year. They're going to conference finals. They're, they um, lost to the Lakers. And, and on the flip side of it, I mean, I was there. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned KOC. I was there producing the show with Chris Vernon when Kevin O'Connor came on in 2016 and said, blow up the Rockets. And Chris <laughs> Vernon lost his mind. He's like, what and are now, you talking about? Now it's flipped. Now Verno's like, the Rockets yeah. are, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, go to the Western Conference. What are you talking yeah. about? But it's, and that, it's, that's, that's what it's been. It's a roller coaster, right? If you're a Rockets fan. Well, that's, that's what the, it's, it's, uh, this is Ring's culture. If you don't want to ring, it doesn't, <laughs> nothing matters. Nothing, it, it, you're a failure if you don't want to ring. I mean, that's, I don't, like, are the 90s Jazz a failure? Mm. Like the Rockets. Like yeah, not my Yeah, mind. like the biggest thing that the Rockets had wrong was that they, tried when they sh- when they shouldn't have tried because the warriors were inevitable it was mm-hmm. it was the warriors and lebron era and the rockets were like maybe we could shake it up and then and no you can't i mean you're, and you're same with gonna... the clippers the clippers did the yeah. same thing and and i do feel like but, for whatever reason the clippers are like the same vein of the rockets where everyone hated them because they wanted to see the experiment we wanted to see chris paul blake griffin and deandre jordan fail because it wasn't supposed to work like yeah. chris paul and blake griffin were never going to work james Harden and russell westbrook were never going to work so it was like the preconceived notions of what we expected on a basketball court which could honestly be thrown out the window with the rockets and d'antoni and the fact that they're already playing this manipulated style of basketball of like taking a certain amount of threes and all that sort of stuff with the spacing but the just that that simple fact that everyone wanted to be proven right that like this couldn't work i felt like it hurt it hurt the reality of what we were watching which is like a different style of basketball to me it's two different art it's two different discussions because like the discussion about whether james harden is flopping too much and traveling and it's like a disgusting brand of basketball to watch and and this this is killing me trying to watch this versus like uh (laughs) <laughs> are the Rockets a gimmick and, and uh, was this entire era a failure? And, uh, you know, I, I feel like those are two different things. Like you, you can, yeah. again, you can like say, I hate this brand of basketball. I don't like watching it. I think James Harden uh, gets rewarded for far too many travels and flops and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I respect or uh, I like or, or whatever the word is that someone is thinking outside of the box. Someone is trying to like shake it up a little bit. Someone is trying to build a different model to an NBA championship than the same model that everyone else is following, which is like just load up on all the best players. Like the Rockets didn't necessarily, I know like Westbrook and, and Harden kind of, and like they obviously tried to get good players, but for the most part, they weren't trying to, to do the Warriors thing where they signed Durant and like, like LeBron, like whatever the super team era is like the Rockets, you never looked at their roster and said they have a super team now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it, it's, it's bizarre to me. Cause like I, even if you hate Harden and how he plays, like some part of you should look at like the Rockets in my estimation and say, it, it, it does remind me of Virginia in a lot of ways. That was always like kind of my argument with Virginia is like, I'm not telling you, you have to like Virginia, uh, the way they play basketball. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But like, shouldn't we be encouraging different styles? Shouldn't like, like, do we really want every single team to play the exact same way? I would say no. Um, so it would be cool to see them win a title and validate a different brand of basketball, which they ultimately did. And it's great now because now in recent memory, we have Virginia winning a title, North Carolina winning a title, two completely different ways of doing it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the Rockets, when I look back on it, I think the Rockets, I think it was a success. I, obviously, they wanted to win a title. They didn't win a title. But I don't think it's a failure because if that's a failure, then like it, basically you're saying any franchise that – goes for it quote unquote and doesn't win a title is a failure which i it's not necessarily a that's success. a slippery slope you yeah know what i mean for that's the binary league. thinking i guess yeah. so like it, it, i'm not saying it's a success but it, 
I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it's like it's not black or white. It's not either or. Exactly. Like I think I think to win titles in any sport at any level, you have to build a team that is good enough to win it that you can win with that like there is a chance that you give yourself a chance. You like certainly with the NCAA tournament, this is how it works. It's like no team. There's no foolproof way to like build an NCAA title team. You just kind of like hope the basketball gods are on your side sort of thing. That's not as true as in the NBA, but there's still like that sentiment of like, you just have to give yourself a chance and then hope the breaks happen where like the injury bug doesn't bite you and you don't miss 27 threes in a row, all that kind of shit. And, and the Rockets did that. And I guess like in my, in my view that that's it, they gave themselves a chance. Ultimately it didn't work out, but like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I just wanted to say that. Cause I feel like we're, we're done talking about the Rockets for a very long time. I feel yeah. like this is, yeah, I, don't know. I, I think that we are basically at this weird point with the Rockets if you're the ownership group and you look at it where you, we tried the first time, the first four-year window with Kevin McHale and James Harden playing the shooting guard and like this more traditional style to win a t- title. We had a traditional big. That didn't work. We tried the Dan Tony small ball. Let's try to rig the system here like what, what the Warriors did. And that didn't work. And it's mm-hmm. like, do we go for three times the charm here? Or do we look at the team and we say, James Harden is 31 years old. We've had him for eight years. We tried out the James Harden experiment. His value is as high as it's possibly going to be. He just led the league in points per game. Yeah. Do we look at a trade with someone like the Detroit Pistons and try to get Blake Griffin for James Harden? Do we look at a team yeah. like the Washington Wizards and try to get Bradley Beal for James Harden and try to run a team that has Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook? But like, that is, I think a lot of people in this offseason are going to talk about Westbrook and the trade potentials, but I do think that the Rockets, if, Dor- if Daryl Morey's there, I don't think he'll get traded, but if they get rid of Morey and they just do a full blanket thing, then I think James Harden and the possible destinations, because like if James Harden goes to the Wizards and it's John Wall and James Harden, I mean, I, I want to watch that team. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah. know what that looks like. And I, and I think like that, that to me is the fascinating part about the Rockets. If they do blow it up, it's like, what yeah. is James Harden post Rockets? Uh, what yeah. does that look like? So, and if they don't blow it up, uh, oof. they're one Westbrook. piece away. That's what, that's what James Harden said. He said, he said. he said they're one piece away. I'm just, uh, I'm quoting them. You're quoting okay, one piece all right, away. All right. Not in my opinion. He's did, one did trade. He, they're they're one he, trade away, in my opinion. Was he telling his waiter that at the when he went to the turkey leg hut and he was like, I'm one piece away from having this be a complete meal in front of me? <laughs> Like, I'll give Is you that two. what he Are you sure you didn't mean uh, If they don't blow it up, if they don't do like a drastic change, I mean, Westbrook, uh, I just want to jump into the fraud power rankings. I think Westbrook has to be, I put Westbrook at two. Even after Siakam, the fraud, updated fraud power rankings, Giannis is number one. He's the back-to-back MVP, and uh, the Bucks basically got swept. That was a, that was, that was a gentleman's sweep. Yes. <laughs> what the, really what the he did to the Bucks. That's a gentleman's sweep. Uh, and Giannis <laughs> is the back-to-back MVP. That, he's got to be number one on the fraud power rankings for this week and, and for, the, for the rest of whatever the next <laughs> is. Siakam, it feels like in a vacuum he should be number two just based on that series he had against the Celtics. And uh, it, it's very strange to see the sentiment coming out of Toronto that's like, don't kill Siakam for being bad. Be nice to him, whatever. Which, like, I get it. Like, don't send the guy death threats. Don't take it over the line. But, like, at the same time, like, we can criticize him, right? Like, he's, mm-hmm. are, are we not allowed to say that he played like shit for seven games and <laughs> and kept shooting and kept driving to the lane and said, maybe this time the spin move will work? And the Celtics were like, no, buddy. It's not. It's not we have work. watched your tape. We do know yeah. what your moves are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Siakam should maybe be number two, but I got to put Westbrook at number two. The guy, the, just for the sheer fact that the Rockets owe him $41 million next year. 
the Lakers were literally not guarding him. They're leaving him wide open. He's, he, he won an MVP not that long ago, Tate. I, I, I don't know where the Rockets go from here with Russell Westbrook, just in that, like, Westbrook does not strike me as a guy. Like, he's talking shit to, to Rondo's brother. He's talking shit to uh, LeBron. He, the, what, what was the clip I saw where he, he gets a uh, – he's posted someone up, and then he starts talking shit. He's like, you better double me or whatever. And you look at the score, and they're down by 29 points. And my mind's just going, like, Russell Westbrook is not a guy who is going to swallow his pride, look at the, the landscape around him and say to himself, like, I can contribute to this team in other ways. Let me just kind of pick my spots here. He, he's going to go balls to the wall. Like, the thing that people love about him is he goes balls to the wall at all time. But that's ultimately going to be his demise because we do not want that Russell Westbrook. We, we, this, is the, this is the time where, like, a different player would, would look around and be like, all right, how can I shift into the next phase of my career? And Russell Westbrook's like, I have no other phase. This is it. This is what you see is what you get. I am going to try to score every time I have the basketball. I'm going to try to grab every rebound. I'm just going to play balls to the wall. And teams are just like backing away from him, just being like, all right, shoot yourself in the foot, Russ. That's what you want to do. I, and, and, and it's, he, he's number three. He's number two on my fraud rankings. That's where I'm getting. <laughs> I am a, I am a, I'm a believer in Russell Westbrook in the sense that like, I love, everything that Russell Russell Westbrook represents mentally from the standpoint of, like you said, he will never break. He can never be broken mentally, but that is also the biggest downfall of Russell Westbrook because if he does give an inch in his mind, I feel like the whole thing will yeah. collapse. And as soon yeah. as he gives like a little bit of an inch to say, hey, maybe I don't drive this time, I think his whole game changes, and therefore I'm not sure if he is the same player. And I think there's a bit of a fear in that decision, right, to, to, to recoil a little bit. The only thing that I will say, after the Giannis meeting, he meets with uh, Edens and Lazary and has the conversation about, you know, they're willing to go into luxury tax and all that sort of stuff. I'm scared that the Bucks are going to pull the let's replace Eric Bledsoe with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and and I and I say that sincerely. And I think that would be the worst case scenario for Russell Westbrook. I mean, and maybe I'm eating my words and the Bucks win a title next year with Westbrook and Giannis, but I do think that those two guys, if that were the case, then we have two people doing the exact same thing, which mm -hmm. is we know how to play at one speed, which is power, finish, get out of the way. Um, but when the game slows down, what do we do then? And uh, I've been trying to rack my brain around like where does Westbrook go because I think he's got to get out of Houston or Harden's got to get out of Houston, whatever it may be, because he that 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 one two punch just doesn't work. It's not going to work. No, work. it's not going to work. And yeah, it's 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 not going. We're we're spending too much time talking about the Rockets. Um, <laughs> go Rockets. What 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 else? I, the Celtics Raptors game seven. Thoughts on that real quick. Um, mm. I it, it it disgusts me to my core to see Marcus Smart be this good on this stage. Uh, <laughs> as a guy who remembers his college career, as a guy who remembers the early part of his NBA career, as a guy who watches him flop around all the time, I, I don't like. Can it. we? Can I we like both? It. I don't want to cheer for Marcus Smart. I don't want to. I don't like Marcus Smart. Be like he he's. I don't like him actually being good. I like the idea of Marcus Smart like not being talented and he's just got to like do all that dirty shit to just make an impact on the game. But that is not the case anymore. And it disgusts me to my core that he's actually a great basketball player. <laughs> Mar Marcus Smart's skill set improved so much from last summer to this year. And I don't mm -hmm. say that lightly. I don't understand it. The guy's like doing like reverse lay layups, like double pump, like getting people jumping in the air. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is Marcus Smart completely in control of the game right now? It seems like he's the one that wants the ball in crunch time. It's going to make the right play. Uh, it's not just like someone diving all over the floor, making hustle plays like, you know, like it's chaos. My one thought uh, on the Raptors is that, one, the Raptors, I think they took the loss really well. Uh, I think that they were obviously not the, the most talented team in the series. I thought the fact that they took it to seven games was pretty impressive. 
I yeah. think Lowry and that whole team did a really uh, – they did a service to the Raptors uh, sales pitch in the future, which is basically like this is how Toronto plays basketball. We know how to win. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you our best shot if we lose. You know, we'll tip our cap to you. We'll move on. And that was a very scrappy series. Like you said, it was a lot of flopping back and forth, a lot of getting the fish officials involved. Kyle Lowry is definitely probably the number one in the series at doing that. But then afterwards – I thought he handled it all with grace, and the Celtics were the better team. So. I feel like the Raptors kind of validated last year's title a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not that, like, you know, everyone's always going to put an asterisk on it because Clay and Durant got hurt, and um, you know. But uh, to me, it, it it kind of validated a little more that it wasn't – like, there there is a world where the fully healthy Raptors versus the fully healthy Warriors last year – the Raptors still win that series. series. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like that was a fluke that the that the Raptors. The only reason they won is because those two guys got the Warriors would have been favored, obviously. But like I think that showed just how well they played against uh, uh, the Celtics and and um, yeah, Lowry certainly vindicated himself for so many bad playoff performances. I was gonna say Lowry. Lowry. Well, it was mostly DeRozan, right? Like wasn't DeRozan one that shit the bed? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's uh. Uh, the the Raptors are in a good spot. It, 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 you 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 hit the nail on the head that like they're not they, they weren't like that. Bum- it was it was interesting. Like even Lowry was just kind of like I'm I'm happy to get out of the bubble. Yeah, he's like we did what we had to do here. We, we did what we had to do. Like we didn't get swept. They could have got swept. I mean, OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you're we're kidding. gonna get swept. So you're not kidding. Uh, Nuggets Clippers on Tuesday. Uh, I guess we don't really need to belabor like Game Six just because by the time most people listen to this, they're gonna Game Seven might be tipped off already. I love this Nuggets team so much more than the Clippers. So much more than the Clippers. I mean, everyone kind of does, but like the, the the Nuggets just in taking away the dramatics. Like the I'm not even talking about like the Pat Beverly like theatrics and the like. I'm not even talking their personalities and the playoff P persona, like all that. I'm talking about just like watching them play basketball. The Clipper, the, the Nuggets are so fun to watch. They're so fun. Yeah, Jokic said it. He said, I think the whole pressure is on them, uh, which is, you know, a little bit of a language thing there. But the pressure is obviously on the Clippers. Uh, Jokic and the Nuggets, even if they are down 25 points in the game, it doesn't matter at this point. I think that's the the mental advantage that the Clippers have going to game seven is that the, the or not the Clippers, the Nuggets have. The Clippers are 0-7 all time uh, going to the conference finals and, and, and chances to go to those games. I think it was 0-8 after the last game. And so... You know, Doc Rivers has struggled in elimination games six and seven at times. There's a lot of pressure that comes with being the Clippers and being the the you know the Washington Generals of the NBA, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And that cloud can hang over you. And I really think the only person that can get over that cloud and get over that stink is Kawhi Leonard. And I say that because he's the mentally strongest person I think in basketball. And none of that actually matters to him at all. But Paul George is his number two, and everything like that matters to Paul George, yes. it seems like. And yes. I do feel like Kawhi has had some moments in this series where he's looked over and looked a little helpless, where he's almost like a ro- – it's like he's trying to adjust to the culture changing around him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. what is happening? Why did, <laughs> Why am I not in the game? Uh, and I don't know. I, I think that the Nuggets having the fun – like you said, they're fun to watch. They love playing with each other. Jamal Murray's kind of like – curry a little bit where he can like lose the ball pick it up throw it up in the air and it's like a yeah. move shot for three and like it deflates your entire team because you're like that's not a good possession how did that work out um that's why i'd be terrified have, if i were the clippers if i were the clippers the nuggets have the ultimate wild card in the bubble and his <laughs> name is michael porter jr yes they have that and you don't know what you're gonna get and the guy you thought that is the mystery and that is why i'd be terrified if i was a clippers too undefeated since the press conference where michael porter jr said undefeated. i need i need the ball more <laughs> undefeated have not lost the game since he said he needed the ball more so 
Uh, Make that for. By what the way, been. Doc Rivers. If they lose Tuesday, Doc he's, Rivers is sh he's shooting up the fraud power rankings. He's number three. I think he's number three. We got Giannis at one, Westbrook at two. I think Doc, Doc has at to be three. three. Siakam, Siakam lucky. four, and then Harden. <laughs> I, I forgot to put Harden on the list. Harden has to go on the list. I mean, like Harden's I fine. I like Harden more than most people, but like Harden shits the bed in the playoffs so often, and it does seem like it doesn't phase him, and he does see like Harden seems a little too. Whatever. We, we, already did, we, yeah. are, we already did the Rockets thing. We don't need to. We don't need to revisit. But yeah, like I, that's a good top five. I, for I forgot us. to mention that. I I I I say too many nice things about Harden. I don't want to come across as a Harden fanboy. I'm certainly not that. I'm just a a guy who doesn't absolutely despise the man <laughs> like most of America seems to. Uh, what what else we got to say? Shout outs, closeouts. Uh, shout out to North Carolina football. Uh, this is your first week, week one. Yep. Uh, they come yep. out of the gates a little slow, yep. uh, but fourth quarter. Scoring margin to FBS leaders in 2019. Your Ohio State Buckeyes plus 87. Florida plus 85. North Carolina plus 69. Mm -hmm. They get 21 points in the fourth, first quarter, fourth quarter of the first week this week. And uh, Carolina football's back. So thank you for your support, Mark. I'll be honest with you. I think we have a reverse Titus curse with the football team because I didn't watch any of this game because uh, I didn't realize I got ACC Network. I just I, I looked YouTube up... YouTube TV, folks. Yeah, yeah, I have YouTube TV. So before I... Before I turned the game, I didn't realize I got ACC Network. I, I, I checked what time North Carolina played. It said 9 a.m. I was like, dope, I'm going to watch this. Where did it, what channel? ACC Network. Shit, guess I'm not going to watch it. Uh, so then I just like went about my day, and I was living my life. And then uh, I was flipping through the channels, and I saw I had ACC Network. I put it on, and I basically put it on like right as the fourth quarter was starting. And you were texting me, or you had tweeted something. You're like, I want yeah. you to jump off this bandwagon. This is a disaster. No, please. As soon as I turn it on, they go nuts. And I was like, what are we, what are we worried about? I was more worried about Big oh, no. Cat. I, I mean, oh, Big no. Cat was basically in full panic mode. He was tweeting like, "Get off the hills," uh, you know, and, and that. And then I was freaking out because I'm like, even the one guy that's that's all in on this is making actual met like actual money bets on this. Is Dan job. is Dan on the is he on the hills bandwagon for the season or is he did he just bet on him for that game? I think he's I for the season. He's for the season. I, I believe just, so, yeah. but I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, also, we're all I, this together. All right. Yeah, Caleb Presley should be involved in this. I mean, he actually played at Carolina. That, that's the funniest yeah. part to me. People tweeting about. It. I'm like, tweet at Caleb. Also, he's he's invested as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's shout Carolina out, football. Shout out Caleb. So, is there anything to add with the college basketball news and notes? Battle for Atlantis is going to South Dakota officially. All time gut punch for every single guy on all these teams. Ohio State, Duke, West Virginia. By the way, loaded field. Ohio. State, mm -hmm. Duke, West Virginia, Memphis, Texas A&M, Utah, Creighton, Wichita State uh, are the Battle for Atlantis, is the Battle for Atlantis field this year. All those guys thought they were going to the Bahamas. Fate intervened and said, you'll be going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota instead, according to John Rothstein. The date for this event is to be determined. And I think it's going to be determined on Wednesday, Tate. I think Wednesday's the day. They're voting on it. Uh, I saw Jeff Goodman said that the target day – Je Goodman says that November 21st is the day they want to start the season. He thinks that's the target day. Uh, my sources were telling me, and this is just the hilarity that has become college football, basketball, college sports sources, and like this is what we're hearing and what we're planning. I was told November 25th uh, is the target. I was told that's like lock it in. It's going to be the day before Thanksgiving. Um, practices are going to start October 15th. The games are going to start November 25th. That's what I was told. Goodman was told something else. And I just wanted to point that out because it sort of feels like nobody has any idea. <laughs> I, I just want to point out there's a four-day difference between four the day two difference. things. Who cares? And, and if you heard the conversation, you would think it was like January versus yeah. no, November. And I think the, the good news of all this is that college basketball seems to have 
a golden window. It's gonna be it's back. gonna be a golden window uh, feast. We like right around Thanksgiving. We're gonna get it back. And can I just say like. I, I have loved all the I, football being back was fantastic. The NBA bubble, it's it's like it's insane to think back how long ago it, it feels like five years ago that the bubble started and how they've just like Daniel House is the one guy, the one hiccup in this whole process. <laughs> he, he officially gets kicked out of the bubble before the Rockets do. Um, the fact that they've like done that so well and, and pulled it off to this point, there's there's a month to go in the NBA season at most. Um, I've enjoyed the sports so much that we've had. Baseball playoffs are about to start. It's like we're getting it back. I have a lack of college basketball depression. I need it. I want it. I have to have it. It's mm. it's it, it all the everything else has not filled the void. Doing shows where we talk about the NFL and the NBA, fun. I enjoy it. I watch it. I'm still gonna watch just as much. But God damn it, Tate. We need this. Mm. We need this. Mm. Not only just as a show, just as human beings. Like I need I need college basketball back. I'm I'm losing my mind. And uh if 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 the announcement on Wednesday is anything other than the season will be starting right around Thanksgiving, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's happening. Positive vibes only. It's got it's positive vibes happen. only. It has to happen. I don't mean mm-hmm. to put so much pressure on this, but this is uh my life has led to this moment in time, and I need it. There's another Maui update from John Rossi, and he tweeted that it's officially down to two destinations, uh, Indianapolis and Asheville. And again, from my sources, the Maui Invitational themselves, none of that is true. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you take that you take that for what it is. I don't know I where would we're love, going. I would love for both of us to be right on it. Like, by the, lock me in. Uh, to reiterate, Goodman says November 21st. I'm saying the 25th. That's what my mm-hmm. sources have told me is that that is – going to be the start date is the wednesday before thanksgiving um it doesn't so matter no, none of this november matters. 25th at maui in maui that's what we're saying on the show <laughs> let's get after it i just want college basketball back man i just i i want to do preview shows i want to talk about luca garza's defense i want to talk about john rostein putting rutgers at number five on his big 10 power rankings ahead mm-hmm. of ohio state and indiana mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just because he knows it's going to piss me off like i would mm-hmm. We need it. We need it. That's We're it. We're so close. We're so um, close. Other shout outs? Uh, shout out to Dalvin Cook, a fellow uh, dunk contest judge, one of our best friends, for <laughs> yes, people that don't know. Yes. Uh, we love Dalvin Cook on this program. He got the bag, and he got a touchdown early. The Vikings did not win, yes. but Dalvin Cook looked great, and uh, we're happy he's love doing Dalvin. so well. Yeah, that was, see a, my buddy that was a TNT bump as well. We, we met that Dalvin, was, and then he got yeah, paid. We did. Yeah, two year, year and a half. Last later. year. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, 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 year and yeah, a half. Year, year and a half, yeah. <laughs> TNT bump works in mysterious <laughs> ways. Uh, shout out Alec Mills, no hitter for the Cubs. Uh, he was a walk on at UT Martin. The story goes that he's walking on campus. He stops the coach and he's like, Hey, coach, let me pitch for you. And the coach is like, All right, we're UT Martin. We actually don't even have a full team right now. So you can join us. <laughs> you can us. do it. Yeah, come yeah. on. Kid. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I was actually about to put up a bulletin <laughs> in the cafeteria to try to get people to try out, but now I don't have to. Thank you. So he's a walk on at UT Martin. He is now in the big leagues. He was, he was drafted in like the 22nd round, pitching for the Cubs, pitching for your, your National League Central leading. Chicago Cubs mm. uh, and throws a no hitter on Sunday. No one, no one saw it. No one cared because football was going on, but uh, it happened nonetheless. So uh, Alec Mills, I see you. I appreciate you. Please throw more no hitters. Mm-hmm. We need this. Thank yeah, we, we love that. Congratulations to the Cubs. Uh, one more shout out for me. Shout out to CP3 uh, mm-hmm. on college game day, uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, somehow getting the opening college game day. It's not because Charlotte's where ESPNU is. It's not because it's easy. It's because it's Wake yeah. Forest football, and that's what they do. 
Uh, Clemson, you know, blew him out, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. as expected. But it was cool to see Chris Paul uh, show up on game day, made his picks. He refused Did- to pick Duke. Which I love. He said he wouldn't even say Duke. So, uh, shout give me, give me your uh, college football uh, recap in the sense of like the the feel of it all because uh, your team played, your team won. My team did not. Well, I guess Carolina is my team now, but Ohio State not playing. So I don't know if this is just sour grapes or if this is just how I feel. But like, it did feel weird, like watching college football. Like, sad. Like, it just did. Like, oh, there's some off. Like, the lack it's, of fans. Like, the yeah. whole, like it wasn't great football. Is that is that true, or am I just being one hundred percent better because Ohio State was the reason that North Carolina struggled so much at the start of the game is because they they're fueled by Keenan Stadium. They're fueled by the fans. They're fueled yeah. by the student section, and especially the student section. I don't really believe like the fans are people like me. They're like kind of older, and they're like you kind of <laughs> past that moment in time where you're like, I really cared that much. Where like I would go absolute yeah. crazy because Gio Bernard just ran a kickback against NC State, but. That's what you need in college football games. I mean, Notre Dame tried. They had, like, the distance, and then they had this guy on the PA announcer. He's like, get away, girl in the red yeah, shirt, like, move away. What did you think was going to happen when you, when you fill up the stadium <laughs> to whatever percentage? Like, you're, people aren't just going to sit in the <laughs> shitty seats because you tell them to. They're going to look down and be like, yeah, there's an open spot down there. Why don't we just walk down or there? Or there's, the like six, line? there's, like, six feet away from, like, your best friend that's standing right there. You're just going to be like, just sit right here. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what happened. But, yeah, it's a little bit weird. But uh, it was good to have football. Well, the Big Ten might be saving the day. The Big Ten might might be playing. I don't know if you heard. They're I told you that. that they were never not playing. I knew that God they were coming it. back. <laughs> but are they? We don't yes. know. They're coming back. I'm mid October, November eight, November twenty first. November twenty first. Is the Maui Invitational sources telling you that too? I I'm issuing an ultimatum, and I it, I don't want to have to do this, but I've been left no choice. I'm issuing an ultimatum to Kevin Warren and the Big Ten offices, and I hope you're listening. Figure it out, or I'm 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 done. Mm. I'm done. I'm mm. out. Mm. I don't know what I mean by that, but I'm mm. done. I'm just I've I've had it. Figure it out. <laughs> the fact that you're flip flopping every single day uh, as to the, the the reports are I I I don't know what is more nauseating trying to keep up with like the Big Ten football reports or the college basketball like places that things are getting moved and dates that are getting moved. It's like I just figure it out. Please figure it out, or I'm done, or I walk away. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm walking. I don't know what I'm walking away from, but uh, you have one day. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. That's my ultimatum. Yeah, that's a good ultimatum. So, uh, there you go. Final thought. I put out a Q&A for our NFL stuff, and this is a great question to end on. Are the Patriots due? Question mark. Uh, this is from Anthony Antonon. And uh, casual fans hated them for years. They can get a fun star who has a uni- unique game-changing skill set. Everyone now loves them. Officially, Patriots are Duke. They've always been Duke, and now uh, they're yeah. like new era Duke. So it's uh, it all should we do out. should we do uh, NFL well, NFL as college basketball teams? I'm trying to think. The Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs it might really be too much. A, yeah, it might be too much. The Chiefs don't really have an obvious one, huh? Like I'm trying to think of the, the Chiefs don't have. They're, there's not a they're college Texas basketball Tech. team. They're Texas Tech. Yeah, That's they're the Texas Tech. If Texas Tech title. won the title, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if Texas Tech had won the title, they would be. Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah, or if like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, who cares? This, is, this, this show is long enough. Uh, shout out to the Brownsburg Bulldogs. Beat the shit out of Avon on Friday. This is the dream season for the dogs. Uh, my alma mater, my high school. We are number two in the state, Tate. Um, I just wanted to shout them out that, that we beat our rivals and the, the train is rolling. And uh, I have no other football teams to cheer for other than North Carolina and my high school. So my high school is – this is the dream season right now. And of course it's going to, it's probably going to get canceled halfway through or something stupid's going to happen, but uh, the dogs are winning. Um, also final shout out, shout out to Venus. 
Mm. There's life on Venus, maybe, Tate. Not that's Williams, the planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the planet Venus. There's life on Venus. Uh, that's cool. So <laughs> there is a, There's something that you and I agree on. We need to be multiplanetary species to survive do, yeah. uh, when the sun burns out one day. And I know this is deep for the listeners at the end, uh, but it's good news that Venus is a lot closer than Mars Dude, and there could be life. I read, I read that whole Stephen Hawking book for my big brain book club, <laughs> right? And the, the basic, like the whole reason I'm reading it is like, is time travel possible? Tell me, Stephen. Like, mm-hmm. can we, or worm, can we go through wormholes? Like, can, can we get to the next level? Can we elevate our species mm-hmm. to whatever's next? And spoiler alert, if you, if you want to read the book, the answer is no. <laughs> I'm reading along and he's like, he's like, so he's explaining everything. Very great book. Totally worth reading. It, it breaks everything down. Um, how the whole world or the whole universe exists and all that. <laughs> God, I'm doing a great job. Still. Uh, <laughs> but it's all like leading to this moment in time where you're going to put it all together and like maybe we can take the tools of everything mm. we've learned and we can go to the next level as a species. And then his conclusion is like, I don't think we can actually do that though. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm like, what the fuck? What's the point of reading that? Why don't you start with that, Steven? It, it's, a great, it's a great thing to say we could, but we yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. the we could is dot 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 the ellipses is great. But it got it got yeah. me, yeah. I I don't know. I I need to go watch Interstellar again. Great movie. Always great film. Um the best yeah but there's the life best. on venus hey hey there, there's never mind we don't need a wormhole we can just go to venus yeah <laughs> and live in the sulfuric gas of <laughs> venus all right that's the show uh enough of planetary talk in nfl and nba um wednesday's the big day stay glued to rostine and goodman's twitters they're gonna have the scoops and uh i'm curious to see or maybe us pretty, yeah, maybe us honestly like I the think, way it's I going think, yeah we're, we're doubting our own sources uh because we don't like to say sources i'd rather here's what here's the breakdown for sources sake you don't say what you know because then you don't get your sources you know what i mean that's yeah. the game so when you tweet what sources are saying you lose your actual sources mm-hmm. so sometimes there's a chance that we may hear things that are real sources it's a great point so and and i think if you yeah, no, that's a great point. Great point. I'm not going to say anything else. All right, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> see you guys see on, on Friday. Thursday. Friday. Or Thursday. When do we do? What do we do? Friday? We'll see you on Friday. Yeah. See you on Friday. <laughs>